BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone is having a fabulous, beautiful day. It is like a chilly day here in New York, and it's getting me excited for like sweater weather, like chubby girl weather. Like that is where I thrive. We're falling into fall. I'm actually wearing a sweater today. I just jumped right in because I saw I was 55 degrees this morning, but I'm still wearing shorts because, you know, I'm confused. I um, couldn't have moved out of the shorts phase of the year fast enough. I got a lot of comments about how like still in the like dead of June and July, I was wearing jeans. Um, And it was mostly because I just didn't want to wear shorts and like tan my legs and shave my legs and just like the responsibility that comes with bearing legs. Yeah. Um, And as soon as we got back, I was the first to put these jeans back on. You like jean weather, legging weather, top shop stretchy jeans, oversized sweaters. Nothing like people crave, you know, the Christmas season, like they love that. I love the when the summer days like slowly dwindle out and it's fully fall and you can get away with maybe like wearing a windbreaker. Yeah, I feel that. I also feel like this show is weather agnostic. Like you could be watching any given episode of our show and not know what season it is. And I'm proud of us for that. Well, yes, I think it's important that before you comment about our outfits, please remember we're in an air-conditioned unit. Like, while yes... But like, sometimes it's not cool enough. No, for sure. But, like, while yes, you could judge our outfits based on the weather outside, you could. Why don't you just trust that we are doing the best things for ourselves? We're just, like, in a bubble, you know? Yeah. And what happens at the toast, like, has nothing to do with what's going on outside. This is really, like, a simulation in yeah. here. It's just... It, it ain't real. Yeah. So... I'm glad that we're just indifferent. We're actually kind of in the same season. Similar. Because, like, for me, most, like, this is jeans and a t-shirt weather, and, but I don't fuck with that. So, for me, it's, like, I wear long on top, short on bottom, even though I don't oh. know what kind of legs I think I have that I have to be bearing them all the time. That's so funny because my mantra is literally shorts on top. Yep. Long, long on, on bottom. bottom. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's really the same thing. Would you yeah. rather have cold arms or cold legs? Cold, cold arms. arms. For sure. Yeah, I don't know why I feel like the world needs to see no, my you legs. No, look cute. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Okay, thanks. You look great. I really miss Theo today because yesterday he hopped up on the couch, but right before he did, like, he covered, like, a big chunk of thigh for me. Oh, yes. Theo being on your couch <laughs> is actually, you can use him to your advantage if you want to strategically place him to make yourself look cuter or just, like, angle yourself. It's actually a blessing to have him here usually. It is, but he has a big day today. Big day, getting his hair cut. He didn't get his hair cut the entire time we were away. His hair is, like, filled with knots in his ears we got out as many as we could but I'm really grateful that his groomer's coming today and he's gonna smell so good and be so fresh and so clean and I actually think Theo probably lost a few pounds while we were away that's why it's so exciting I was gonna say he definitely shedded a few lbs while we were gone because we were like so active and like quarantine's been really hard on like him specifically I'm not even joking because he hasn't left his house and like he's just eating his feelings and so he definitely lost a few pounds like he was going on hikes every single day but his hair grew so much that I don't think you were able to see like a visually how much weight he lost you weren't able to see like the svelte curve of his waist right so the vet says that like the proper um like weight for 
Theo's breed, I don't know if this is for every dog, is like you shouldn't be able to see their ribs, but you should be able to feel them. And honestly, his ribs were getting like harder and harder to feel recently. So after his journey, um, he went to like a retreat like Sonia Morgan. Um, he's feeling and doing a lot better. Thank you guys so much for asking. So I'm really excited. I'm really um, excited to see him tomorrow, like with his new crop. Mm-hmm. And it'll be hump day. So oh, perfect you'll be able to hump someone you love and, and that someone you love will be looking good. I absolutely love to see it. We have a fabulous show for you guys. I actually watched so much TV last night and everything I feel like um, is worth discussing. Sometimes I watch stuff and like it's just not. I watched the Paris Hilton documentary, mm-hmm. which was fascinating. I It's on my list it's of good. things to watch. I watched the extended cut version because like when I searched it into YouTube, it was like, do you want to watch the extended cut or not? So of I'm course, like, extended. Right, yeah. The more the merrier. I don't know what I saw that wasn't in the original though. I also watched The Social Dilemma. Actually, I watched like 75% of it because towards the end, it was just giving me like such bad anxiety. And I watched Dancing with the Stars. Great. I watched Love Island. Still, like, nothing to share. And what's frustrating is I now I'm, like, six episodes behind. But I can't, like, I don't know what anyone else thinks about these people because I, I won't go on Twitter because right. they're talking about, like, six episodes ahead. They're talking about people who haven't even come to the island mm-hmm. yet. So I'm just, like, watching Love Island on an island. Yeah, that's annoying. But um, the best part of watching a show, like, when you're late, is, like, the second you catch up is just, like, rolling over and, like, going on Instagram, like, following the people on Instagram. Yep. And you hesitate to do it when you're catching up because you don't want to accidentally spoil anything for yourself. So that moment when you can just, like, finally go is the best. I'm looking forward to that for you. Yeah, I've been looking at their Instagrams, but I just, like, scroll past the first six photos really quickly, like, if they're in the house or if they posted their goodbye or farewell, like, I didn't see it. And I went to, like, their post from before the show, which right. is also so interesting. And, like, everyone on the show is an influencer model etc and so that's how it should be it, yeah it is how it should be it's weird you know what is weird like some of these especially the girls like are really like instagram girls mm-hmm. and then you see them on tv and it's like interesting to see what instagram girls like look like off of instagram yeah i mean that's like our whole generation you know but it's crazy because they really like are that supremely good looking oh that's good you know yeah but it's like oh like sometimes you see people on instagram and you're like how is that a person real? Yes. And then you see them in the real world like, oh, no, you're like a stunning person, but you're a real person. Right, but you're also not like that real. Like what you look like on Instagram is like slightly not what you look like, like with the filters. Slightly, but there's no one who's like two different people. Well, that's what the social dilemma was teaching me. It's like, can you imagine being like a 13-year-old right now? No. Like, no, actually, because you know when you like – put your phone on you and you're about to take a story like you literally can't even look at your camera unless the filter's on like I literally will not look at if I'm on Instagram stories about to record a story I literally won't look at my cell phone like until I get to my coconut filter which is my favorite one Yulia Kors she makes fabulous she makes fil- the best ones in the right? best yeah um and it's like can you and like it's funny like when we talk about but can you imagine being like such an impressionable 13 year old and like having that in your brain like this the unrealistic standard of beauty and then like you're also 13 and like you can't look at yourself without a filter yeah I don't know I think it I, I think it's, like, so damaging, for sure. But I think sometimes, like, it swings both ways. Because on the other hand, like, a 13-year-old girl has people... Like, when we were 13, we were reading magazines where the covers were, like, completely airbrushed. Mm-hmm. And, like, these were the only people that we had to look up to. And, like, we never even saw a real photo of them. Never. Truly. But, like, a 13-year-old girl, like, yes, she does see the Instagram model and she sees herself and she can't look at herself without a filter. And that's problematic. But she also has girls like Emma Chamberlain who are, like, going on Instagram or YouTube without makeup and just being themselves and, like... Well, so- and that's, so it goes both ways, but it yes. is extremely damaging. Well, that's what the documentary said. They had all these like Silicon Valley, former Silicon Valley people who were like really there for the start of like Google and they were engineers at Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. And they were, and they said in the beginning, they're like, we, ex- like we knew that all the technology we were creating could do so much good. 
we have no idea it, it was going to be doing as much bad as it ended up doing. And yeah. like, that's like, that's what it is. It's like, of course, it's honestly like, think about like, think about any piece of media or like anything. It's like our Facebook groups, like, we, we started out thinking it'll just so be much good <laughs> connecting people around the world literally turned into a clusterfuck dumpster fire of shit like and that really is like tech I agree and I also think as much as I'm trying to look on the bright side I think when you weigh all the pros and cons like which way does the scale tip I personally think it's more negative of than course. positive. I mean, no, but you could also make the argument technology, yes, it, it brought on a dumpster fire of a Facebook group, but it also saves lives. Like, you know, people are doing, like you always yeah. see those Microsoft commercials with what they're doing with technology. Totally. Like, and that is in the positive yeah. column. I mean, I think like if, if you needed to be persuaded as to whether social media has done more good than bad, literally, like the, I think the most interesting thing I learned from this social dilemma is that like, after 2010, um, self-inflicted harm, like hospital check-ins and suicide attempt heart uh, check-ins from girls like age 12 to 16, literally quadrupled. Maybe it's like 180% up. Whoa. So it's like, how oh can God. you even... Okay. And like the whole movie was giving me anxiety. And then it was like, you want to check your phone? I'm like, yeah, I do want to check my phone. And I always, I'm like on my phone while I'm watching TV. And they were like talking about it. So I like couldn't check my phone. I didn't want to like let them win you know yeah so I'm just like aware now but I'm gonna watch that that it sounds really interesting it was very um dense but here also well unless I guess I'm not recapping it in the tv recap but I just wanted to talk about it um the most interesting thing that I thought and like it's not like a revolutionary thing I just like had never thought of it before Facebook and like all these programs they are free to use right so you think that you're a customer of Facebook right um, sure. Yeah. But you're not because you don't pay. Essentially, the advertisers are the customers are the customers and we are the product because we're being sold to advertisers. Sure. And did you know there's only two um, industries where the customers are called the users and it's drugs and social media. Oh, my God. Drugs yeah, shit tech. like that is crazy. Yeah, because it's like we're addicted to drugs. It's, we're addicted to tech. It, it makes you think we are yeah. addicted to tech. I mean, like, the, the movie was, like, very... Do they talk about privacy? Have you been seeing those Apple commercials, the new Apple commercials that are, like, they're now selling that they're, like, best for privacy? So it's, like, people, like, in random places in the city just, like, sharing really personal things about themselves that they, like, looked up hmm. on their phone. They're, like, you know, I ordered four pregnancy tests and prenatal vitamins. It's like some things you don't want to share with everyone. Right. So now they're like, it's funny how in order to buy a phone now, like the most enticing thing is like how secure it is. Yeah, I guess. It's it was an interesting commercial. It was a good documentary. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Check it out. Okay. And you I guys would it. enjoy it too. Sweet. Maybe we'll like all talk about it sometime this week. Exciting. So exciting. Okay. Let's get into the stories because there's some things to discuss. Yes, there, there is. There are some things to discuss. I have like a pit about one of the stories. And I, it's I like, the story. Jerry. Yeah. I like, I like honestly like, like I don't want to talk about it, but like we have to. It's the story. Yeah. So without further ado, here are the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And that's true. But just speaking of this on the subject of mental health, and we've been speaking about it a lot, um, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
Um, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with, with a therapist in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It is a self-help professional counseling done securely online. They have a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available to you in many areas. BetterHelp is something we spoke about last week um, and the week before. It's a fabulous product. I feel like in quarantine times and just in this life Climate. we're currently living in it's just not normal and honestly um i've spoken with a lot of people who's feel as though their mental health is not being taken care of and it is the number one priority um so if you can't leave your house right now or you don't want to leave your house right now or you're just having trouble finding someone to talk to better help can help you out all from the comfort of your own home it's a service available for clients worldwide you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor you'll get timely and thoughtful responses plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you needed. When I started therapy, a lot of people told me that like sometimes the first one doesn't hit and it's very normal to like shop for therapists. So the fact that they let you change it up for free is fabulous. Um, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. They want you to start thriving and living a happier life today. Um, you can read all their fabulous reviews on their website. If you visit betterhelp.com slash toast, that's better H-E-L-P dot com slash toast and join the over a million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for the morning toast to get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp is betterhelp.com slash toast. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring. Yes. Okay. First story of the day, biggest story is Jerry Harris from Cheer, the Netflix documentary, is under FBI investigation for allegedly soliciting sex from minors. The FBI is investigating allegations that celebrity cheerleader Jerry Harris solicited sexually explicit photos and sex from minors, multiple sources told USA Today. Agents executed a search warrant Monday afternoon at a home in Naperville, Illinois, as part of that investigation. Quote, the FBI is conducting court-authorized law enforcement activity in the area, Siobhan Johnson, FBI special agent and public affairs officer, told USA Today. She declined further comment. Harris, who gained national prominence when he was featured in Netflix's cheer docuseries, has not been criminally charged, and he did not respond to a request, for, a request for comment. The criminal investigation is based on allegations brought by 14-year-old twin brothers. In interviews with USA Today, the boys described a pattern of harassment, both online at cheer competitions, that started when they were 13 and Harris was 19. They said it continued for more than a year. Those allegations were also reported to police by Varsity Brands, a private company that dominates the cheerleading industry, handling everything from uniform sales to major competitions. Harris is accused of asking one of the brothers to have sex with him in 2019 at two varsity cheerleading competitions in um on august 1st letters to i'm sorry in august one letter to police in florida and texas varsity's chief legal officer burton brillhart said the company had learned of inappropriate sexual conduct allegations against harris and was reporting the information to authorities as required by the law i mean this is such a crazy story like when i read the headline olivia sent it to me like my jaw hit the floor um this is so surprising this like, is so surprising the, i mean he hasn't been criminally charged yet so we'll see what happens but the fbi doesn't just you know no get involved on a whim no not at all and it's a really really big deal it's just like crazy um 
But you know what? I was actually reading in Toast After Dark, there was a thread about it, and there were a lot of people who have been in the cheer world, and they said, unfortunately, like, this is some, this is a problem in mm. the cheer world, like, at, like, within squads and just in the community. Interesting. And they weren't surprised to hear about it. Oh, considering like the right. culture of cheerleading which is just like underscores this point that I feel like we have to make more and more often on the show which is that we need to be protecting our young people and like, we need to be creating wh- safe spaces for and them and why is it that like these, sa- these safe spaces for them which I would think cheerleading these extracurricular activities we gymnastics. know in gymnastics like that these are actually the most unsafe places for young people and that is just like the hypocrisy of the world like the fact that we carve out these like sports are supposed to keep kids out of trouble keep them safe keep them healthy and the fact that like these predators just like inundate these types of environments is why the world is so fucked up so fucked up and like there's just this undercurrent of this like criminal activity against children that happens in the world and yes we talk about it and and it's condemned but it's like I feel like our like in this time in the world in our generation like thinks they're so like morally correct about everything Mm -hmm. yet we like can't correct this and no one really has even taken the time to like address it on a large scale you know I mean I had no idea that like the cheerleading community had this issue um and maybe if I had known that I wouldn't have been like so ambushed by the story well I was ambushed by it and then I and then I read more and I was like oh okay I mean it's just not that that makes it okay no it just goes to show you that like you literally don't know anyone and like I mean Jerry was like a, a breakout star I mean all the kids were but Jerry was really like a, a fan favorite a fan favorite for his positivity he had been through so much in his life um and now unfortunately it's gonna be a no for me Jerry yeah this is really bad like really upsetting yeah and we'll keep you posted yeah I feel like the FBI has some loose ends that I need them to tie up for me like whatever happened with Jake Paul I was thinking about that too like that was the biggest news ever he was like apparently the biggest drug dealer in LA wait that's what happened no that's what like the rumors were like underground Twitter it's crazy that we never even like at least with Jerry it's not like we just got pictures of the FBI leaving his house like and being like what's going on with Jake Paul, we never really got what they went in for. No, we know they found weapons. That makes me feel like it's part of like a much bigger state. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out in like a few years in a Netflix documentary. Yeah, called Cheer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, we'll keep you posted on that story, but that was just like the most shocking. The most like weird, like what? Yeah. The most confusing, shocking, surprising. Yeah. Okay, next story. Some insider tea, maybe or maybe not true, but like I just like theorizing about what happened with Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Okay. Khloe Kardashian and Scott Disick wanted to continue Keeping Mm. Up for an easy payday. Members of the Kardashian family were divided over whether to end the family's iconic reality show, Page Six is Told. Sources say that there were two camps, with Kim, Kanye, Kendall, and Kylie on one side, and Khloe and Scott on the other. What about all the other ones, Chris? I think she goes with the flow. Yeah. Some of them needed the money more than others, said an insider. This this article is like a little shady. Like Who's saying, it from? Um, page six. Like saying that Chloe and Scott's businesses are like small peanuts compared to Kylie and Kim and Kanye. But not, that is it a fair assessment. Not untrue. But um, this is what I thought was interesting. The source... Uh, echoed their report from last week, which said that the family would likely have continued with the show were it not for the harsh financial realities of cable TV during the global Mm -hmm. financial crisis. If it wasn't for the pandemic, it could have kept going, said an insider. But times are changing and budgets are lower and people want to move on. So it's like crazy to think that maybe Corona ended the Kardashian. That is crazy to think. I feel like it. iteration. I feel like it definitely could have had something to do with it. While certain businesses like direct-to-consumer brands have thrived during... um, 
quarantine. Like, I feel like Skims is probably doing really well. Kylie Cosmetics is probably doing really well. I don't know how good, like, Nordstrom retailers are doing, and I don't know how good Good American's doing. I feel like Talentless actually might be a brand that would have thrived For in sure, and their, their shirts sort of went viral, those Please Wash Your Hands shirts. Yeah, and it's just, like, cute. I mean, it's way too expensive, but it's cute loungewear. So, like, I don't know why Scott would need the money. But it, it, it does make sense, these two separate camps of people who would continue doing it for and really what I consider to be an unfair payday, and those who wouldn't. Yeah, it, it, it does make sense. But I also feel like for them, it was like, this is an easy payday. They have the formula. They have like the, the way that it goes. And whatever they do next, it's going to have to be bigger and better and, and a little different, at, yeah. you know. So I mean, it's, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. I actually have a hard time believing that Kim was on the side of not wanting to do it because even though it's probably not their most lucrative venture, um, it's always kind of been this like staple of their brand and they're like a marvel. Like how did these you know women get so successful? And it's been like this very um, specific formula over the years and that show was an integral part of their success and I think Kim always like honored that and respected that and even though, it, like I said, it might not have been like their biggest a moneymaker, I think that, I don't know, I have a hard time believing Kim, like, I understand why Kylie and Kendall wouldn't want to do it. They weren't raised on it. They're really not even a part of it right now. They're so busy. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't see Kim being totally against renewing it unless, like, everyone was on board. Yeah. No, I, I could see that too. But I also think, like, she knows that there's much bigger money out there. Money. So yeah. just makes you think. It's just, I just can't believe we're living in a world. Like a post-keeping-up world. Yeah, I mean, it's not post because we still get two more seasons, but, like, now that we know. Cuts out of the bag. Honestly, like, of all the shit 2020 has thrown at us, and every time, like, something crazy happens, people are like, 2020. I honestly thought, like, this was the craziest. I, I couldn't believe it, it. It makes so much sense to me. Like, I just, now that, obviously, I didn't expect it to happen, but once it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, duh, of course. Yeah, I, yes, but I just never thought we would get to a place yeah. I kind of always thought that it was so cool that they had gotten from season one to season 20, like literally become, become the biggest, most famous stars in the world. Yeah. And they always did this show. And I was just like, I love them. Yeah. I don't know. Times are a changing. Also, I do think that like this pandemic has like hit E the hardest. No, I also think this pandemic has like changed people forever. And I feel like whereas maybe like the article said, like before coronavirus, like from an emotional standpoint, they never would have let go of the show. But now it's like, things are just different. Yeah, things are just different. It's we a different We know what's world. important. And maybe money's just important to them. Yeah, I think that it is. In Paris Hilton documentary, I really learned that money is really important to her. Like oh. she literally like does so many things that make her unhappy only because they give her money. And like she had a goal of making $100 million and she did it. And now her goal is a billion dollars. And she's like, I literally will not get married and have kids until I make a billion dollars. Oh my God. Is she yeah. close? She didn't like give us like details. I was like, how close are we? We were like halfway there. I was just curious. Um, and she didn't divulge that information. But Kim was in the documentary for like a second. Okay. I'm so, I'm going to watch that today. That's my, going to be my activity today. I'm yeah. very excited. Okay. Next up. Speaking of money, this one's just all about cash money yeah. Leah McSweeney this episode I mean oh, we just keep talking I, about money okay. Leah McSweeney is being stiffed by Bravo for season two an insider says the newest member of Rahoni Leah McSweeney may only be a one season wonder if Bravo doesn't cup up, cough up more cash an insider close to the show confirmed to the post the breakout star and fan favorite of season 12 is being offered a quote pathetically low pay raise to appear on the next season of the reality franchise and will have to say sayonara to the series if she isn't offered a more respectable sum the source said Bravo and McSweeney have not responded um, to their request for comment. Um, McSweeney, along with most other first-time housewives, made about $3,000 per episode. Damn, that's which, so low. 
which totaled in 60000 for the season, TMZ reports. The housewife believes Bravo is attempting to similarly lowball her with the season 13 offer, the source confirmed. Probably like $5,000 an episode. Sure. Um, I mean, the fact that Bravo pays like first-time housewives and just like thereafter like that amount of money is crazy I don't think it's a slight against Leah in any way at the end of the day yes she was a total fan favorite shook up the cast but she still only has one season under her belt and like that's how it works so I don't think she's getting a particularly low deal for her I just think this is how Bravo structures their pay yes. and while that may be problematic I think it would be a huge mistake for Leah to walk away because as much as Housewives of New York needs Leah Leah needs yes. Housewives of New York. And I don't think she's going to walk away, but I do think she's in a position to get much more money. This is kind of reminding me of like sports mm-hmm. and like her first season was top notch, like Tom Brady. Right. And Tom Brady deserves more money. Well, and you know what? Like maybe this pay is good enough for Cindy Barshaw, <laughs> but like different strokes for different well, Housewives. See, and like, way, and, and, Bravo has, and Bravo has made that distinction. Denise Richards, $4 million for two seasons. And I'm not saying that Leah is any... No, in, not in at any all. way com- comparable to Denise Richards, but they pay based on talent. And no, based they on don't. What That's the thing. The difference between sports and Bravo here is that no, unless you are already a celebrity, like Leah McSweeney before this was not a famous person. So she, I can't compare her to Denise. And Denise is a, a part uh, amongst a very elite group of housewives who don't need the show financially. They don't need it famous like for their career. The difference between sports and housewives is that no matter who you are, like, or how much money you have or how good you were that season, you get a similar pay raise as your coworkers. Like, it's not actually based on talent. No, but I think that different housewives negotiate different pay. Of course, but I think, like, the the cap that Bravo's allowed to go for, like, a first-time housewife to a second, it's not based on, well, she was amazing this season. And let's say there was another new New York housewife and they both wanted raises. I don't think that Bravo would give Leah one more. I think that they would. I don't. I, I, I think it has nothing, I think, like, if you're asked back, it has really nothing to do with, like, talent. No, I think that it does, and I think that it should. And I don't think that I think there that are that any rules in place that would stop it, and there's no, like, salary cap, and if they... Because we know that they pay certain people more than they pay other people. And I actually think that at Lisa Vanderpump's height of her... Mm-hmm, a million. She's making a million a season. She's been on the exact same time as Kyle. Is yeah. Kyle making a million a season? I think probably close. But, then, but it's never been reported that that's the case. And also, Lisa Rinna like, once alluded to the fact that because Vanderpump was getting paid so much more than them, she should be bringing more to the show. Mm-hmm. That same point wasn't made about Kyle. Well, maybe people thought that Kyle was bringing to the show because Kyle was the one who like literally started the LVP teardown. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that if any housewife deserves a, a big jump from season one to season two, it's Leah. Like every single person would tell you that she had the best first season of of any housewife really anywhere. And from what we understand and what everyone's suggesting, like this next season will be built built around her. And that person deserves a raise. I don't know. At the end of the day, like, I, I kind of agree with you, but I also don't agree with you at all. Like, at the end of the day, like, yes, she had a great first season. And, and yeah, but she's a, it's now on her second season and she's still a regular housewife and there's still OGs. Like, I don't know. I feel like, why is Leah different than any other housewife who's ever gotten renewed for a second season? Dorit. Like, you know what I mean? Well, not Dorit, but like Cindy Barshop. No, Dorit. Because she was just a new housewife. Yeah, but, like, Dorit didn't have a great first season. So, like, I honestly think that she took this this menial raise and probably was like, thank you for having me back. I feel like Dorit didn't have a great first season, but really contributed to, like, the ethos and, and the, the fights and all that stuff. But, like, no one was, like, angling for her to come back. I mean, I'm trying to think of who is... Okay, Erica Jane. 
Very similar. Okay, so that's very she had a great first season. Yeah. To, and so I and she came on the same time as Catherine Edwards. And say Catherine Edwards had been asked back for a second season, you think they should have been making the same? Yeah, they did the same amount of work. I don't think so. They did the same. I amount think of work. you get paid based on what you bring to the table, and if the show can like live without you, I don't think Rahoni whatsoever can live without Leah right now. Okay, a different scenario is with Erica Jane. We never heard a story like this. No. So, like, she obviously took what they gave her or, like, negotiated herself, like, as good of a deal as she could and recognized that not only, like, it's really not about how much you get paid to be on Housewives. Like, I feel like a lot of the women actually make more money outside of the show than they do from the show, but they couldn't get those outside deals without the deals. Yeah, but... Without being on Bravo. Definitely someone like Leah makes, could be making more money from, like, endorsements outside the show when she's making 60000 from the show. But, like, Lisa Vanderpump, I think she did, like, Teamy Blends once. Yeah. But was making a million dollars a season. That's real money. Yeah, but see, the difference is that, like, Lisa Vanderpump didn't need, Insta- like, Instagram sponsorships. Like, There's something... I, I, I well, disagree with that. Well, at the time. I actually think right now, like, her empire restaurant business like actually might be starting to crumble oh yes because it's a difficult time to be in the restaurant business but I actually mean like before COVID like there's just something fishy about her no I think her fine like she's always been rich and I like I feel like we can't compare her to Leah because like we've seen Leah's apartment like we know that Leah is not as financially stable as Lisa Vanderpump and Leah could actually really use the money from the show and the outside endorsements where it's like Lisa Vanderpump works on the show she deserves to be paid like whatever but she doesn't need like Instagram sponsorships, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that like sports, housewives should be paid based on talent and based on like how much you bring to the show. Yeah, but you know what it is? It's like talent in sports can be measured like in touchdowns. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there are numbers. I don't know how you Q measure. Q scores. Q score. Uh, okay. I don't really know how you measure housewives, quote unquote, talent because it's all technically all subjective, whereas like sports is not. How many points did you score? So I feel like it might be like a dangerous precedent and then you like you were ready when you create a house the like dangerous he- precedent was set with Denise for me like oh, four million dollars for two seasons I for disagree. someone who has never even been on the show and, and who matter. actually does have a, a, a legitimate career being famous and so has the most to lose and is, is probably going to play it closest to the vest like for me that was when I was like oh the, there's no status quo oh I disagree I feel like if anything it proved that like why she got paid so much like she you have Denise Richards is a household name at this point in time and especially before her first season Leah McSweeney was not a household name like it makes so much sense why Leah McSweeney was getting three thousand dollars an episode and Denise Richards who literally is one of the most famous people in the world got four million dollars for two seasons like it just makes sense I that does make sense but I think when it comes down to it it's like what the show would be without this person you know and like I think, I just think Leah brought, like, made the, she made this season of New York. 100%. Now, she will, like, the next season of New York is going to be, like, so much about her. She's, she's instrumental to the future of the franchise. I think she deserves more money. By the way, I think she deserves more money, too. And I am almost 100% sure, like, this was a very strategical tactic by her team planting this article. So that we would talk about it so they show. Putting pressure on Bravo. Like, it's it's all strategic. And she deserves a raise, 100%. But I just think, like, to come out with, like, I don't know what she's asking for, but, like, I hope she doesn't overplay her hand. Like, yes, you're very well-liked. And everyone loves you. I agree with this. Everyone loves you. You're very well-liked. You brought a lot to the table. But at the end of the day... You're a second season housewife on a very lowbrow franchise. Like, recognize that. That's what all I'm saying. I and agree. don't throw it all away and don't overplay your hand. But also know your value, know your worth. Yes, 100%. She definitely deserves a raise.
Okay. So she deserves more than the than the pathetically, quote, low raise. Well, she, I don't know. What do they consider pathetically low? But let's say she went from $3,000 an episode to $5,000 an episode. Which yes. actually sounds like a lot. But it sounds like almost a double. Yeah. Sure. But fine. I think Leah McSweeney should be making somewhere between seven dollars to $10,000 an episode. I do. And I don't think that's an unreasonable request to ask Bravo. I don't know if that's what she's asking for or if she's asking for like $20,000 an episode. You Like technically, yes, know your value, but also know how corporate works. Like you don't go from $3,000 an episode to fifty. You go from like three to ten, maybe. I don't know if you became the CEO. True. And like, what was Dorinda making? Just give her her paycheck. That's true. I wonder if they're going to replace Dorinda. You should be able to make the amount that the person you bumped off made. Yes. Because if they're, they should treat it like sports with a salary cap. Like, okay, we have five million dollars a season mm-hmm. for Roni, and that would force the women to like. We perform need, yes oh my god wait we need every franchise to have a gm we actually we, jackie just made me watch a draft day so like this is what i know about yes, i love draft day so we should have literally every house it all franchise comes back to draft day you're have, seeing 100 <laughs> percent. have a gm a salary cap so they have x amount of money to give and then it like instills a sort of competition right and not only that it's like you don't just show up and get paid like you you earn what you're worth and like how did you perform last season that might affect your next season like I don't think anyone should get like a pay cut but without just being demoted or fired but I think that it might affect your raise if like hey you didn't really bring that much to the season yeah though there's only four real housewives of New York so they all brought 25 percent no it's insane how few housewives there are I do think they have to replace there's a lot of rumors that this woman Rachel something um is gonna be the Tiger Woods Tiger Woods's ex-mistress yes is gonna be on it um but then she was on Juicy Scoop. Yeah. And I think she said that they had wanted her in the past, but I don't think there's any truth to the rumors that she's going to be on now. So she just seems like someone who literally places herself in page six, like had one, had literally one Skype call with Rahoni five years ago and like literally can't get over it. I'm just, that's a vibe that I'm getting. Like she's constantly being like, why is everyone asking me this when like she's the one who called page six? That's just the vibe that I'm getting. Um, I don't think anyone realistically thinks that she's going to be on it. And I looked at her Instagram and like she just doesn't look like she lives a luxurious life. Yeah, it, that's a big problem for you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah. Like to me, it's like if you are super wealthy and like bring a level of class, elegance, planes, cars to a show, um, that's valuable. That's really, really valuable to me. Like Sutton. Like Sutton. I think Sutton's the Sutton, perfect Thank example. you for your plane. Because like the thing that's most interesting about her, and this isn't to like bash her at all, like her wealth is so interesting and her standard of living and like when Lisa Moreno like got on the airplane to to New York and was like freaking out about being on a private plane and Sutton was like it's a flight to New York like what's the big deal like that is what we need yeah or like when Sutton like couldn't go with the ladies to Rome, Rome. for some reason she was just like oh so we'll get a plane yeah no, yeah. that's the level of like thinking and the level of planning that I <laughs> live for in a housewife and I know I focus so much on money when it comes to housewives but to me it's so important and I feel like it's what started out as an aspirational show for wealthy women has really kind of turned in certain franchises to foreclosures, rental apartments. Like there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's just not what I want to see on my aspirational TV show. Yes, I agree. So I'm sorry if I talk about it so much, but I think it's so important to the quality, keeping the integrity of the brand. I really do. And what it started out as. Like also Real Housewives of Orange County like was supposed to be called Behind the Gates. Like there is an implied level of wealth. And half of them don't even live in gated communities. And like the price tags at the bottom of the show. Like that's not interesting when it's like, oh, Kyle went shopping at Fendi and and spent $200. Yeah, no, but she spent $5,000. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, also just a side note. Denise Richards is leaving Beverly Hills and it turns out that money, it, like 
that she's not getting paid enough to stay, and that's why she's leaving. Right. So I mean, that's word on the street. Is uh, that um the word, word on the street? street? I feel like Denise probably did ask for an insanely unreal, unreasonable raise because that's what she thinks she needs to stay around this time. Like she had a terrible season. She's like, all right, I'll stay. Give me ten million dollars. Like, and I, I thought she was gonna leave even before I found out it was a money thing. And so I'm sure she tried to say, yeah, maybe I would potentially do it if you literally triple my salary. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like. Sh- I guess she doesn't need this, but I mean, $4 million for two seasons, like, nice work if you can get it. Yeah, no, honestly, I keep thinking about it in the framework of sports, and it's really interesting, and I, and we never get, like, answers on Housewives, like, did they quit? Did they get fired? What happened with the money? What did he want? What did he get? Whereas, like, everything with sports is public, like, got a $60 million contract, got fired, got traded, and I wish they would kind of emulate that, because... It adds another level of being a fan. It's like Ben not only watches football, but he watches the draft and he's like, oh, they got traded. You know, like it adds like such a fun element. And I actually think like if Housewives were structured like that, where every player was like an agent, free agent, two contracts, like it would be so interesting. Yes, because also like there is a a similarity between like what Housewives are for for fans of Housewives to what sports are Mm -hmm. for sports fans. Yeah. You know, like this like competitive, you know, we need like a fantasy league draft day situation yeah it all comes back to draft day always okay next story you know what anything can happen on draft day any that's the thing about draft day anything can happen you think something's gonna happen but it could be anything yeah a little morning show news or hosting news sorry drew barrymore's Mm. new show is um premiering on monday and she says the rule book is on fire so i saw some people i haven't seen much but i did see some people on twitter like tearing it up well, it hasn't even premiered yet, but I also did see a clip from it. So I saw a clip. Confusing. She brought out Lucy Liu and Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Diaz. Absolutely love to see it in tune with what's necessary. Majorly. Majorly. But in August 2019, Drew Barrymore shot an audition tape for a Hope for a talk show in front of a live studio audience. 13 months and one pandemic later, the Drew Barrymore show premieres Monday with Barrymore taking center stage in her studio and interacting with a virtual audience. Oh, I thought she sits behind a desk that says Drew's News. So I thought the name of the show was going to be Drew's News. And um, I thought that was really cute. It's the Drew Barrymore it's show. It's the though. Drew Barrymore show. Um, I don't know. This is interesting. I feel like celebrity talk shows are a really funny and like fickle thing and it's so hard to get it right and people who you think are gonna like become stars Chris Jenner Bethany like don't work out and those that you may maybe have have underestimated Kelly, Kelly Clarkson, Clarkson shine so I don't know I mean when I heard it I'm like this is a good idea she has a great name the Drew Barrymore show like it sounds good but you just never know I don't know what contributes to like a great celebrity talk show um and you can't predict whose is gonna rise and whose is gonna fall so I wish her the best I just don't know I wish her the best I actually think yes there is this untangible factor that contributes to a successful celebrity talk show I don't know what it is and I think that perhaps Drew Barrymore like could have that factor but I think this is maybe like the worst time to have be launching a talk show uh yeah cable is not at its best cable's not at its best like people aren't really watching tv and the tv that they're watching like when it's you know virtual filming or at home or like a virtual studio audience like it's weird there is this fucking truck outside that keeps backing up me 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 and like honestly i'm having phantom sounds and i'm I'm gonna hear it in my sleep and like i literally just want to go outside and literally drive the truck like to jersey (laughs) sorry what were you saying um, there is this intangible thing. Yes. I don't know. I, it's like a, it's a balance of like charisma, uniqueness. Relatability. Yes. Um, I don't know. And then there's just X, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a 
medley of things. And by the way, Tyra's a success. It was on for so many seasons. Huge. But at a certain point, like, shows just end. And so yeah. it's not like, it's not Chris. It's not Bethany. No, no. I would consider Tyra a success. Oh, so you, oh right. You said Chris and Bethany, I right? said Chris and okay. Bethany. Um, like, Meredith Vieira. Like, you would think that would be a hit. She was, like, on people's, in people's would home. I? She was in people's homes on the Today Show or whatever, whichever yeah. one she was on. And it seemed like a very natural progression. And like to me, when that failed, I'm like, that's a shock. There is a huge difference, though, between reading from a teleprompter and like being in a living room setting, making people feel like you're in their home. It's also a strange balance to be a famous person, but have to give the floor to famous people. Like most of being a talk show host is actually not talking, it's listening. So it's listening to celebrities and like, blowing smoke up their ass whereas like you're used to people doing that to you yeah and you're the biggest star where it's like you actually have to take a step back when you become a talk show host and give the floor to someone else yeah and I feel like a lot of people maybe even like Chris Jenner can't do that because they are the star of their own lives and I feel like it actually takes a very humble person to be a good celebrity talk show host because you have to realize immediately that it's not about you yeah and I feel like Drew Barrymore is a good listener yeah I don't know like where I would get that information it's just a vibe I get I agree and I think Kelly Clarkson has proved you know time after time to be an excellent listener yeah like whatever she's doing over there it's just electric it's so crazy I mean I knew it like literally four years ago when someone was like who's your dream guest on the show and I was like Kelly Clarkson it's because she is just hosting material it also like if you would have told me two years ago that like in 2020 like we're gonna have a brand new kelly clarkson like new show new life like new man she looks so good like if you had told me we were literally gonna get a brand new kelly clarkson like kelly 2.0 i never would have believed you i would have we get a new kelly every four years think about it it's like a president think about it <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's really like her albums like each album is so different from the last and then she puts out a new album she's like this is how I'm, this is finally the album that like is on me. Yeah. No like record label telling me what to do. I'm like, I thought that was piece by piece. Yeah. Nope, it's, it's this one, Love So Soft. Well, LA Times did a huge piece on her. I don't know if you saw it, just about like the new Kelly, basically what we're saying. And she did reveal that she's working on her latest album and is her most personal work yet. So they're all, but like, I truly believe, like it's not like Miley where it's like, this is me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, every four years, she's a new person and we're getting the most personal work yet. I actually think like her most personal work ever was piece by piece. But that's not what she considers the most personal work. That's like, crazy. She's still like, and I feel like because of the way that she came up in the industry, like she always just thinks that like she has something to prove. Like, yeah. Because she had like really bad, like record label drama back in the day with like behind these hazel eyes. And like, even though obviously that's such a successful song and, and time in her career, like she doesn't look back on it fondly, I think. Mm. And so she's always, I feel like she's always looking at her past, like, through a negative lens. Honestly, we need a Kelly Clarkson documentary. We do. I feel like she's very interesting. I know. And, like, she just posted the other day because it's the anniversary of her winning American Idol. And it's like, that's the craziest thing. Right. All of this. But you know what it also tells you? Like, as much as it's like, wow, American Idol did this. No. The cream always Always rises. A hundred percent. There have been so many stars from American Idol and some of them have literally gone on to be Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, like Grammy Award Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. And some of them were just not David uh, Archuleta. Yeah. Some of them were not creamy. Not everyone can be a Daughtry. No, not. And not everyone can be a Catherine McPhee. No. Oh my God. Success. I love her. Okay. Fifth and final story that will segue into our TV recap. The family of Carol Baskin's missing ex-husband airs an ad during Dancing with the Stars. Okay. So um, actually I watched Dancing with the Stars 
live with commercials. Because you didn't want to miss. Because I wanted to see the commercial and I never saw it. So I think it might have been like a regional commercial or like some TV providers. Like you don't get the same commercials. If I'm watching on Spectrum in New York and someone in LA is watching on like Optimum, like we are not getting the same commercials. No, you're not. And like even in New York, sometimes you're not getting the same commercials. It is crazy. Also, her ex-husband was a millionaire. Yeah, like that's why she was able to... She built this like huge cat sanctuary in her like backyard in Florida because she was like a, a, a wealthy wi- widow. Oh, got it. Okay, I, I'm learning something new every day. Yeah, so basically the family of the her ex-husband, who was the one she allegedly was involved in murdering. Don Lewis. Don Lewis. Um, they put together an ad uh, to play during, uh, right before her dance, which um, basically just said like our dad is missing, um... Um, the hundred thousand dollars to anyone who has tips on whatever. Like we're just trying to bring our dad home. That is it was so like crazy. Really sad. At the end of the day, it's like we're so caught up in like this documentary and the memes and Tiger King, Carol Baskin killed, killed her, her husband. husband. But you also forget that like this family lost their dad and like their ex husband. Like it's really sad. And this woman potentially lost her husband. Yeah. Sure, Carol Baskin lost her husband. Um, Okay, well, I do think that that is so interesting and, like, really um, a great use of ad space for this family, mm -hmm. considering what could potentially be the situation. And I'm sure they're just, like, done with, like, the glorification of who they think is a really bad person. Totally. So I I love them for getting in and, like, maybe ruining her, her night a little bit. Did you hear from them in the documentary? Yes. And they believe that of Carol course. Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Yeah, and they give a play-by-play. Play convince of like, them it didn't, didn't happen. Literally, they give a play-by-play play of, like, the day that it happened, how, like, she was so shady, like, locked herself in his office. Like, there was just, like, so much going on. Um, but talking about Dancing with the Stars, I really do want to talk about it because it was an interesting episode. Two major um, things happened before I talk about the contestants, just, like, with the structure of the show. The first was that Len, who is the... Judge. judge the oldest one is like stuck in london i think with coronavirus he's like a little too old to travel so Derek huff filled in for him and honestly it was such a breath of fresh air like he gave such specific critiques he was like oh well i think like your pot of bourree was like you know what i mean like he didn't actually say pot of bourree but like it was oh. just very specific critiques not like your energy was low or like your arms weren't point like there was just like real feedback and yeah. it was kind of refreshing and he was such a big fan of so many people that, like, before he even started, he was like, oh, man, I loved you in, you know? And, like, it's nice when he acknowledges the stardom. So I thought that was actually a good thing. And I think that he, him and Julianne should probably, at some point, be transitioned to full-time judges because, like, this cast of losers that they have, like, is so losery the, sometimes. The other one is... We have Carrie Ann and Abba. Yeah. Who, like, I just, I just can't. And Bruno, who I also just can't. Got it. So okay. I think that, I like the idea of pros... Successful pros turning into judges. I like that too. So then the second major shakeup was Tyra Banks. And I was really, really excited because like Tyra Banks has never put anything out that like I didn't just absolutely love. Like I just love her. Um, And I wanted to give her grace because, you know, going from a show that had two iconic hosts, like people loved them. They didn't get fired or anything. Like it was just time for a change. They didn't do anything wrong. They went out on top to then take on the job by yourself and have really big shoes to fill is really hard. And she was really, really nervous. And then on top, given the fact that you have no studio audience and they're playing a laugh track that's like not timing with your jokes, is tough. That's rough. So I want to say that there was like a very weird energy in the ballroom last night, like an awkwardness, um... Tyra was like very rushed, very nervous, flubbed her words a lot on the teleprompter. We have to give her... Was it live? Yes. 
we have, I mean, there's so much pre, there are all those pre-recorded packages, right. but the scoring, the dancing and the hosting were live. Okay. Um, and we have to give her a little bit of grace because like I said, it's a huge transition, transition, but she does have to get it together because it was really bad. Um, but like, I love her and I want it so badly to work and I don't want the fans to like regret or like, I don't want people to be like, we should have kept Aaron and Tom, you know? Cause like she can do it. I know she can. Yeah. Yeah. And she hosted this, like we were just talking about majorly successful talk show. She can do it, but she was really nervous. Okay. I mean, it's a big shoes to fill. I understand being nervous. It's like crazy to me. Like, I feel like Tyra is so much bigger and more prestigious than Dancing with the Stars. But like, even, even Tyra gets nervous. Well, she also was the America's Got Talent host recently and like really did a good job. But I don't think that show is majority live. So like, live is hard. Live is hard. Um, now I want to go through the dancers and tell you what I thought of everyone. Because okay. AJ McLean is so cute and I just like love him and he was very good I mean he has experience like dancing like boy band dance but he kept up and every the thing is like everyone was really good and there wasn't like a major like loser like sometimes there's just someone who like has two left feet or is like two just can't get it now the closest we got to someone who was the major sink was Chriselle Staus from you're lying I know it was really really shocking she was on the bottom of the leaderboard stunk it up like she was just really not good like she just doesn't have rhythm she just doesn't have rhythm and she doesn't have it Okay. Um, but see, speaking of someone who might have it, very shockingly, was Anne Heche. <laughs> she was excellent. Like, she was <laughs> funny. And I'm like, who is this woman? I had no idea who she was. But she's so familiar. Like, she's from stuff. She's from stuff. And then she named all the things she was from, and I had never heard of any of it. But she had this great energy, and she was funny. Like, she was really being, like, a character. And then she danced excellently. She reminds me of Kate Flannery from The Office last season, who, like, was this, like, random woman, a little bit older, and then just, like, killed it. And I think she's going to be really, really good. Uh, speaking of stinkers as well, Carol Baskin, like, I couldn't... I couldn't actually watch it dancing because like there was like so much going on in my head. But what I did watch, like it was atrocious. Like she'll ne- she won't get out for a while because she's they were teasing the whole time. Like Carol Baskin, Carol, like she was like the Taylor Swift. Like yeah. it was crazy. How, like, That's she, crazy. How she's the most famous person there, but um, she was an atrocious, like an actually horrendous dancer. <laughs> I mean, what did you expect? Charles Oakley was a, such a cutie. Also, like athletes just don't perform well most of the time. Um, it's really hard. They they are so coordinated like in their field, but when it comes to dance, like it just doesn't click for them. So Charles Oakley wasn't an amazing um, dancer, but Vernon Davis was an amazing dancer. And I think he might be single. And I think him and his partner like are in love. Like I could just, I was getting that vibe. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, to someone who really, really shocked me, Jeannie Mai from The Real. She came out and she was like, I'm not going to embarrass myself. And like, I'm going to kill it. And she really did. And she just was like, so she's so pretty. And I have, I just like got, watching her package and then watching her dance. Like I just had respect for her. You know what I mean? Like, I think like she didn't want to embarrass herself and she like put in a lot of time and effort and it was good. Okay. And like maybe you wouldn't have looked at her before, but like she really made a name for herself in the first round. Wow. Now, speaking of someone I have respect for, GD Mai, let's talk to someone who I have literally no respect for, Jesse Metcalf. <laughs> I don't know why I came to this realization when I was watching last night. I'm like, I have no respect for you. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that like- He's a you, cheater. You're a cheater. Like you literally publicly cheated on your fiance of five years, or like you threw away a perfectly good career. Like, and I, I don't know what you did wrong, but like you just ruined it. Yeah. You went from Desperate Housewives to literally a movie that defined a generation- John Tucker must die to literally being a husband to obscurity a matter in a matter of years like it was crazy so I don't know where my lack of respect for him comes and then just like seeing him on the show I was just like I was like mad watching him I'm like no no you don't get to be here like it was just whatever he was a fine dancer and honestly I don't even remember watching him because he was like he said Desperate Housewives was so big for him that it launched this amazing movie career like implying that there was more than one movie when you and I both know very well that there wasn't no there was not but you know what I'm just I'm gonna look up his IMDb because now I'm curious yeah no wait 
I'm curious how he can even say such a thing. Yeah, no, John Tucker must die. Like, I have to give it to him. was huge. Oh, he's also, like, a Hallmark king. Okay, so like I said. Yeah, yeah, It was just one. Right? Okay. What was after John Tucker must die? He, oh, he's on Chesapeake Shores, which is a big Hallmark show. So, like, okay, give me something that's not Hallmark, please. Okay, okay. Um, something that you would, would have heard of. I'm looking. I really am. So, like I said, no respect for Jesse McAuliffe and the throwing away of a perfectly good career. Yeah. No, for real. Like, there's nothing. Maybe these are big, like, action movies or something, but nothing that we have watched. I feel like he, like, where he went wrong is, like, it's so random. I feel like maybe he, like, pissed someone off and got, like, blackballed. Like, that's a vibe that I'm getting. <laughs> right? Maybe he, like, cheated on someone important. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Johnny Weir was fine. Like, honestly, when you're a figure stater, like, you have an unfair advantage. And he was, like, funny and sassy. And, like, obviously, everyone loves him. I want to talk about Justina Machado. You might not have heard of her. Yes, I... I I know who she is. She is like a date. She's like a soap actress. She's like a big ABC star. But she also was in Desperate Housewives. And I couldn't pin, put my finger on why she looked so familiar until I looked her up. She was on Desperate Housewives. Remember when Gabby's stepdad, um, spoiler alert, gets murdered by everyone in the living room? Yeah. She is the the stepdad's wife and comes looking for him. She's like, Alejandro was just here. Yeah. So what do you... She's also on Queen of the South. Like, she's a pretty oh. big character, and um, I'm all caught up on it, and she's fabulous. She was amazing. Like, I didn't know her, and I just left, like, literally her biggest fan. She had this energy, and she brought her Latin flair, and, like, I was just, li- like, literally living for her. She's not my number one favorite. Wow. Um, Caitlin Bristow. It was honestly, like, emotional to watch. I was she- watching Jason Tardick filmed her watching herself, and... I was emotional. So she got paired with Artem, who was supposed to be her partner five years ago. So it's just like this big full circle moment. And all this justice has been served. And for those who don't know, because a lot of people were like, why'd you write justice on your Instagram? Um, Caitlin, after she was the Bachelorette, was the fir- actually like one of the first Bachelor people to be offered Dancing with the Stars. And she was like ready, literally. No, the point is that she wasn't. Like Sean Lowe had done it. Chris Souls had done it. Oh. And all these men had done it right and then caitlin was slated to do it and she is a professional dancer and it was like duh and mike fleiss who is the producer of the bachelor like said he didn't want you know people trying to get famous from his show and forced abc to fire her essentially that's so crazy that she literally like had the job and had a partner and by the way what's most important is that before she was on the bachelorette she was a dancer yes did they mention like mike fleiss in her no. package no, 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 so no. what did she say happened she didn't. She didn't address that in, she 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 was supposed to be on the show. Oh, in her package? No, but she did on like, Instagram. That's the most interesting part. But they have to protect ABC, like whatever. But Mike Fleiss is he? Does he even still work on The Bachelor? I like, believe he does. Doesn't he have all those like charges against him that we reported a while back between his, his wife? wife? Yeah. Um, so obviously, just cancel culture like skipped over Mike Fleiss um, <laughs> and Carol Baskin and all these other people who've committed um, crimes. Yeah, right. Caitlin Bristow was obviously excellent. Like she was. F- She's a dancer. She looked great. Like, she was happy. Like, she was, she's going to go far, 100%. Yeah. Someone who's also going to go far is Monica Aldama from Cheer. Cheer. Now, it was a little weird given the Cheer news that came out yesterday, but it's like those who can't do coach, you know, those who can't, but she can do. And she was excellent. She was at the top of the leaderboard, got like one of the highest scores. Um, she's just like a lovely woman mm-hmm. and like someone I just really like and respect. And she got respect, and she was at the end, which means, like, she was important. And she was great. Like, really, really good. Is that everyone? No. There's four more people. Sorry. Oh, shit. Three more people. Nelly is an absolute P-jom. Like, I love him. He was great. He danced to his own song. If you want to go and take a ride with me. But he did, like, a salsa, and he was, like, it was very confusing and weird. He did a great job. Um, 
And I just like loved him and something about him. He was giving me like cute boy vibes. Like I just like had a crush on him. Speaking of um, cute boy, but someone I definitely did not have a crush on was Neve Shulman. He is literally the biggest nerd of all time. Um, he was good. His partner literally called him a nerd. He was being like so nerdy. Like literally he could not stop smiling. Like and he's wearing a tuxedo. So he just like feels like a felt like a nerd. Yeah. Um, again, not someone I like love or care about, um, but will do well. Then the final person I want to talk about is Sky Jackson. She's probably going to win. Really? Yeah. Like, she was just giving it all. She's the youngest. She has the most energy. She's tiny. Yeah. He could flip her around. She was splitting in. It was only the first one. And she was at the top of the leaderboard. And she is um, a, a, someone I might not have, you know, uh, picked out as winner because she's so young. But she is definitely a force to be reckoned with on the GWTS stage. So she was number one on the leaderboard? Um, she was up there. I don't remember who was number one towards the end. But it was her and Caitlin was up there. And, I don't know, they rushed the end because Tyra Banks was taking so long to wrap up. Interesting. So it was enjoyable to watch. Like, you'll continue watching the season. So, now that you asked, um, I don't know, the two hours, it literally felt like an eternity. No, but this, just the recap felt like an eternity. I know. So, I, I honestly don't know if I'm going to make it the whole season. I just wanted to see everyone. Like, Yeah, that's exciting. And you know what? I appreciate, I, like last season, I, I enjoy watching it through your recaps. Yeah. Um, I also already recapped The Social Dilemma, but uh, the Paris Hilton documentary, I want you to watch it so I won't spoil too much, but all I have to say is I absolutely love celebrity documentaries. Like, I first of all, beyond whatever they're selling or trying to tell me, I love seeing how they live, how they travel, like the logistics of being a celebrity, what the houses are like, how much staff they have. And Paris was, of course, gave us everything we needed and more. With She actually moved houses in the middle of the documentary. So it's like she went from this like sickening house to like this more mature adult house. And you go from closet A to closet B and just like seeing what it takes for her to pack and like all this stuff. Oh my God, that gives me anxiety. Yeah, it was anxiety ridden. And also how she has insomnia. Um, and she's just like up all night, like, and she's traveled to Seal. And like, she just like, She's just a very interesting girl, not only like from the business side, but this documentary, the whole point was for her to get away from these characters that she's built. Dumb Blonde, Simple Life, Walmart, you know, like all that stuff. Um, and let everyone know, like she's actually been in on Secret for quite some time. And she, but she was so good at playing that character. Like nobody believes that she's anything but that person. And it's like trapped her in this life where it's like she's actually, and they had Nikki on it. Um, and actually someone who's spent time with Paris and Nikki myself, I actually can attest to the fact that like Paris is nothing like that character and everyone who meets her is like she's the smartest woman in the world but like when celebrities say that you just like don't listen yeah um but she's the most normal like down-to-earth like girl you would go to college with like she's just like so fun and funny and she's very successful but she's like stuck in this like hamster wheel almost but the best part of the documentary was she got to play Tomorrowland which like for that's like when I play the Beacon Theater like it's like the biggest deal for a DJ and she was dating this guy and they had met at Ultra and they had like been hanging out like over the course of the documentary and he came with her to Tomorrowland and like got wasted and she was like not drinking she was doing press and getting ready for a set and she was on her laptop mixing stuff because people think that she doesn't do her own mixing because one picture went viral of some sound engineer turning up this volume and literally was like look this guy Paris has a DJing for her so she takes herself very very seriously and like this is such a big day and it's such a big deal and this guy's getting wasted like complaining that he's not hanging out with her and like literally just like slobbering all over her like kiss me kiss me and Paris is like fuck off and she literally kicks him out of Tomorrowland rips his bracelets off and security is like pulling him out it was the most interesting thing he was literally like ruining the most important day of her life. Like she's walking to stage and he's literally like globbing onto her being like, Paris, hang out. He was German, like hang out with me. And literally <laughs> she was like, get the fuck off me. Like it was, it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe that they not only got that on film, but they kept it in the documentary. It was that is fascinating. So funny. Fa 
fascinating. Okay. okay, I need to go home. I need to go watch. It's such a good documentary. I really recommend it. And I just love Paris so much. And Kim was on there being like, she literally said, like, I wouldn't be like who I am if it wasn't for Paris. Like, Paris, she didn't have to teach me anything. I literally just watched her and learned everything. It was crazy. It's so crazy. Okay, I, I gotta go. Do you have anything you want to recap? Um, no, still nothing really major to say about Love Island. I don't know why I'm still watching. But, you know, I just, it's like KMN. Like, I just love mindless shit. Me too. We actually haven't done a KMN in a while, but maybe there'll be something mindless that shows up on your newsfeed this week. Maybe. I hope so. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Chosen Millennial Morning Show, where we post videos on YouTube Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you're, no, sorry. Thank you guys so much for watching the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We are also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Apple, iTunes, Spotify, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, the Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys very much, and we'll see you tomorrow for hump day. Goodbye. Goodbye.